0: Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire
1: Centers. Doing the right thing since nineteen
0: fifty-two. Fire up for pro football. That's what we call a sack lunch. Mm. No, 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 no. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad. I wouldn't kill We play some competitive sports once in a while, not Oh, would that make you love me? Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Well, hey, it is 9.02 here on your Sunday morning.
1: It's er- it feels so much earlier it does feel than 9.02. I don't know why it feels that way. It, it, maybe it's just because it's so freezing cold and, like, it's literally gray outside. There's no, you know, it's that's, that's a weird color. Yeah, this is
0: one of those gloomy grays. I always say this to people who come visit and they're like, oh, does it rain all the time? Ah, ah, yeah, ah, it's just And I go, no, there are different levels of gray. Most of the time, it's actually like a gray that's a little bit bright, so it feels like it's kind of sunny out. Today is not one of those days. This is one of those deep winter gray days today. Yeah, yeah. It's just... gloomy. It's depressing. You don't want to be outside. You don't want to look outside. You just want to sit on the couch and watch football.
1: Yeah, it's cold. You just want to snuggle up and drink cocoa or coffee i'm not a big big coffee guy so you know possibly cocoa but only like half a cup because my stomach will start hurting but either way this is one of those
0: days your stomach would hurt after a half a cup of hot cocoa
1: i don't know i just don't just hot drinks just don't agree for whatever reason i don't know it's the weirdest thing
0: you realize that a hot drink is just a normal drink warmed up I, oh I, I get that have I, you had chocolate milk and been okay?
1: Yeah, no, I love, you know chocolate milk. Have or, you had you know, water and been okay. I love water. It's my favorite beverage. The one seed. Water is
0: the best drink ever. It is the best drink. Although, but, so you can't have tea. It's just warmed up water. with I water. like
1: regular tea. I love like you know sweet tea or raspberry or give me some peach yeah, I'm tea. About, like, that's but not as far regular as regular
0: tea, that's that's iced tea.
1: Well, I'm saying I like iced tea. I don't like you know <laughs> well, that's regular tea to me because I don't who just. When's the last time you just drank warm warm tea unless you were sick?
0: When I needed. Well, it's exactly in, in this job when your voice gets raspy, you have tea. That's and, what I'm saying. Tea is
1: for sickness only and for you know going to sleep. You know, get some chamomile tea or you know, some English, what is it? English gray, something like that. I don't know what it is. I think Earl is, gray. Earl, Earl gray. gray. Thank you. There's a the guy that drinks a Jesse's lot of tea. A tea guy. <laughs> uh,
2: well, it's uh, Captain Picard's favorite uh, tea on uh, the Starship Enterprise. Next generation, is it throwback. Really? Yeah,
0: see, you know.
2: Earl Grey Hot. Also, didn't know that Jesse had Star Trek knowledge. How about that? Oh, dude. So, is that I your thing? such a Trekkie. It's not even funny. Wow. Eh, it comes out. It's funny. I
0: didn't. I, I, maybe this is really bad of me. I feel like you can peg someone who would be like that. I didn't peg Jesse to be a Trekkie.
1: Thank you. you know, I peg Jesse as like the ultimate like sports geek. You know, like, yeah. I mean, almost like the Schwab or the swag. You know, just one of those guys that kind of knows everything <laughs> about everything.
0: So Swag is on the Schwab's level right oh, now. Oh, absolutely, man. You should you, have a game show. You, up you know, then, so. Swag
1: brings up stuff that's like, "Man, who the hell is that guy?" And he played for who? Oh, he played for Western Kentucky in the for the 1933 to 36 NCAA. Like, how do you know this, man? Like Swag has a wealth of knowledge that nobody will ever need. A
0: wealth of useless knowledge. Yes. I uh I I tend to pride myself on being fairly good at random trivia stuff. Not not to the point where I'm great at those trivia nights, but just to the point where if someone's like, hey, what was this? I can be like, oh, I think I know that one, but I'm not anywhere near the level of swag.
1: Yeah, I'm good at, like, pop culture and, like, some sports trivia. You ask me anything about movies or something, it's you, I win. So, but I don't know, man. There, there, are, certain, there are certain guys that just have information. I'm like, you can tell when we just do fantasy uh, scramble like you and i are kind of like oh you know you had a good week last week and you know we should do this jesse's like i don't know last three games against the rush he couldn't do this and there was like how do you you spent time talking looking at the browns rushing attack and the yes he did <laughs> the Bengals rushing attack like and that's, that's crazy. why he's mo-
0: the most trustworthy on fantasy i, on I, I get those. it i get it that's why he was the second place winner in uh
2: the intercom fantasy League. oh man I, I kind of felt bad knocking you out of that, that uh Don't worry. Didn't. Semifinals. No, kind of. I mean, won- I was excited because that was actually technically two weeks in a row that I knocked you out of a, a big moment because yep. the week before you were trying to make the, the playoffs, knocked you out of them. And in then the power the follow- in, in our football in our football Yep, exactly. And then the next week we faced each other in the Intercom League in the semifinals. And well, we you know how that I, went. I lost by two. Yeah. Um, Four. And was it for? Because, remember, the uh,
0: stat oh, correction. yeah, <laughs> I would have been so mad if I had won that game and they had stat corrected Ezekiel Elliott's fumble to not being a fumble, and I lost. Oh, yeah. I, I was... would have been furious. <laughs> well,
1: Were you the GM of that league, or is this the... No, this is the work league. Okay. Because if I'm GM of that league, I'm changing that. Nope, sorry. You're not accepting that stat correction? No, absolutely not, man. The game's over. You can't correct it now that it's over. Jesse believes in that, too. Yeah. He says I, he hates stat corrections. I, I'm yeah. not a big, like... That's the referees yeah. coming out the next day and go, yeah, we missed
2: that call. Don't tell me you missed it. We know you missed it. Like, Man, if they could do that, they need to go back and change a lot of things. Yes, go change the <laughs> scores of some games if it's going
1: to be like that. Don't tell right? me, oh, I should have totally missed that travel on Kevin or that you know, Kevin Durant stepping out of bounds. You idiot, how'd you miss that? That was a great call by the referee last night with the Doug Baldwin catch though. Like a lot of people were like out of bounds as soon as he caught it i said yeah he caught that
2: that's a yeah catch. no that was really Beautiful call that that's amazing that you can see that in that bang bang moment you know that's that's happening in like less than a tenth of a second we'll to then be able you to can, see that
0: you could argue the reverse though and then the kj Wright interception where he probably yeah. interfered with the tight end yeah and uh
2: they were letting him play physical last night though oh yeah that was uh, fun to watch because there were a couple moments where i was like oh they're they're going to not throw the flag on that. They're letting them play really physical last night, which was fun yeah, to watch. There was a little bit
1: after the after the play, you know, some chippiness there. I was like, okay, well, I'm good with some playoff football. Just hope they do this all across the board, though. Don't just let them do it in this game, and then we see the two games today, and they're just full of
0: laundry all over the field. Nobody now, wants to see that today. That's generally how they go in the playoffs, right? They, they at the beginning of the year have a specific rule they're harping on, and then that slowly fades away in the middle of the season. But they're still calling the other the other plays pretty. Pretty normally, and then you get into the playoffs, and they're like, "Yeah, all bets are off. You guys are here. Let's you go win the game." And there was some stuff. I mean, yesterday you saw the Seahawks didn't have a penalty until the fourth quarter of that game, and the Cowboys had only three, so they were letting them play. So we got trust me, we got a lot of playoff football to get to. We're gonna move West Coast bias next because we're gonna talk Seahawks Cowboys, so might as well just slip it into the next segment. Um, We do not have fantasy scramble anymore because the fantasy season is over. So we will basically just kind of go with the flow. There's two games to talk about from yesterday. There's two games to preview today. The first one starts at 10. So we'll have to get that in. That was the Ravens Chargers game. We'll have to get that in that preview in before 10 o'clock. We also got to talk about the Eagles Bears game. But yesterday was fun, but not as fun as I would have liked. These two weekends are usually my favorite in the sports ho- sports calendar because you got Saturday, Sunday, two games each NFL playoffs. They're great. Maybe second favorite behind the NCAA tournament in basketball. But yesterday, it, but normally the wild card weekend kind of has like one or two games that are maybe a blowout or a team that shouldn't belong this weekend. I went into it going any one of these games can go any which what way the, the games were so close in my mind to see the way the Colts Texans game went was a little bit disappointing but I did very much enjoy the Seahawks Cowboys
1: game no yeah the Colts Texans game was one of those things like uh, (laughs) none of us were expecting that like I think we all kind of expected a at least a competitive game you know maybe 14 points at least by the Texans but
0: well hey they tried
1: (laughs) I mean and that's the thing they they keep trying and they keep only scoring uh seven or zero points in the playoffs so this is kind of what the Texans have become but you man you got to look at Andrew Luck and you got to look at the job that 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 team has done this year. Like, who expected them to be this competitive this year? No, you know, honestly, I don't think especially anybody... after the start of and, the year. And the Texans were a team that I remember at the beginning of the season, I said they could go to the Super Bowl considering the, the pieces they have around them and J.J. Watt coming back on defense. Like, this is a team that could be really, really good. And they end up being okay you know they end up being good they're a playoff team they won so nine
0: games in a row in the middle yeah of the and they're one of the, they're one of the six
1: best it. teams you know and in, in their conference you know so they can be able to say that okay we at least were incredibly competitive but they have to come out and play better than that andrew luck comeback player of the year mvp whatever you want to give them like i'd be good with i don't think he's the mvp this year but the, the things that is there anybody that carries more of the load for their team than than andrew luck um, like I mean honestly offensively is there anybody that carries more of the load than 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 luck does well, like Russell Wilson is the only other guy that I could think of that that to say okay if without Russell Wilson the Seahawks are clearly in the first second pick of the draft
0: let's hold this because we have to do Seahawks next I want to talk about that because a the Colts are way better than they were than they looked on paper their offensive line is incredible mm-hmm. and I hadn't watched a lot of Colts football this year and watching that line I was like This is why they were good. This is why they were able to to run their offense. So that's coming up a little bit later. We're also got previews of today's games. But we will start next with our West Coast bias. It was a very interesting Seahawks-Cowboys game. But boy, oh boy, did the Seahawks run a vanilla, boring offense. And that is why they lost. That is next here on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, 9.15 here on The Fan. A lot of NFL playoffs to talk about today, so we'll get right to it with the more interesting game from yesterday. That would be the Seahawks and the Cowboys. And the little tease I gave before the break is how I feel about this game, the Seahawks' offensive play calling was a joke. It was a joke. They got stopped over and over and over again, and they made literally zero adjustments. Chris Carson could not find room to run because guess what? The Cowboys have one of the best defenses in the NFL. And 90% of the passes were checkdowns and underneath routes. And they only tried a couple of deep shots and you know what worked the deep shots. Remember Tyler Lockett's catch in the first half. Remember it in the second half in the fourth quarter, when they were trying to come back, a lot of their deep shots worked and they just didn't do that throughout the whole game. I know. I understand you have to try to sell the run. You got to show that you have a running game so that you can pass the football. But that play calling was abysmal. And for a team that, I thought was better than the Cowboys and the Seahawks going into the game. And I thought I had a better quarterback in Russell Wilson than Dak Prescott. And maybe not a better running game, but a really good running game and a good defense. I don't know why they called the game they did. I don't understand it. I don't get it. It made I was watching it going, these are the same boring plays over and over and over and over. You're down a couple scores, eh, underneath route. You're still down a couple scores. Oh, we'll run it up the middle for no yards again. Oh, third down and, and eight? Ah, oh, we'll just do a little screen pass or something. Our tight end is going to go in the flat on the left, and we'll throw it to him for four yards. Guess what? You're going to punt, and that's what they did. Well, I, I just I couldn't believe it.
1: Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would say Seattle is a better team than Dallas. I, I think Seattle definitely has a better quarterback than Dallas, and they have the better coach. Um, but overall, I think right now Dallas is the better football team, and I thought that going into the game. Now, mind you, while I would probably never say that out loud because you know <laughs> Dallas fans and and Seahawks fans are mm, yeah it's 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 one of those things to me. It was
0: tough to decide what team which I was team I hated for.
1: which team I hated the least. But either way, it was it was a great game. But I look at this 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 Dallas team and say, really Dak Prescott is your your weak link, and yesterday he played incredibly played incredibly well. But you look at, I'm looking at a defense that wasn't having it early. First quarter, Seattle had five yards in the quarter. I think it was like three, what, three, three and outs, four, three, four, three and outs at that point. But they have five yards in the first quarter. This is because this Dallas defense, which is ranked fourth against the Rush, they weren't having it. And I mean, and against the past, Dallas is, uh, they're middle of the road ish. You know, and I think they're somewhere between like 12 and. Fourteen, I'm not sure exactly where, but they're somewhere in there as far as uh, ranking against the pass. Doug Baldwin is one of the one of the better receivers in the league, and it's one of the better receivers that nobody ever talks about. You know, just because he's in the Northwest, so far away from any of the other teams, he's There's had no, some
0: injuries. He's, yeah.
1: he's had some injuries, but every time Doug Baldwin comes in the games, you can expect him to do something amazing, like that sideline catch that he had yesterday. And that's, you know, that's really your only go-to. And if you're Russell Wilson, you know it. You don't have another number a, a number two receiver. You don't have another guy that you can throw. to. You don't have really a reliable tight end like that to where you can go and say, oh, go ahead, go make me a play, Travis Kelsey. You don't have another guy like that. So it's Russell Wilson or Buss, and you have a, a rushing offense that works. It just didn't work against Dallas. I think against any other team, you might have seen some success with with Carson and those guys. I just think against this Dallas uh, defense, this front four, this front seven, it wasn't going to happen.
0: Right, but to continue to run the same Running play basically every single time. Did you see them try anything different rushing the football? It was up the gut, 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 and stop, 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 stop. Chris Carson averaged what, like two yards a carry? Not even 1.5 yards a carry. That's exactly the only good run they had was Rashad Penny's 28 yard run, where guess what? He went to the outside and he got 28 yards and then he had uh, three rushes for one yard after that because he went up the middle. So maybe learn what's going on in the game and make an adjustment. And the weird thing is that Pete Carroll seemed okay with it too, right? Obviously, it's it's not his job to call the play. It's that Schottenheimer's job, but Pete Carroll should be involved in the adjustments that, is, that are happening on the field at halftime, and he was okay with how the, the gameplay was going. I, I was just very surprised. that That, to me... Obviously, the Cowboys looked better yesterday than the Seahawks, so maybe me thinking the Seahawks was were better was wrong, but I just, I could not believe that play calling at all. I well,
1: couldn't. I mean, and the Seahawks only ran the ball 24 times. You know, that's another thing that's, you know, that, that's kind of telling, you know, in the playoffs, first yeah, game it was of the
0: playoffs. 50-50, though. No, it Boston was only threw the ball 27 times.
1: No, yeah, that's true. But, you know, you look at Decker, Ezekiel Elliott, he carried the ball 26 times on his own. You know, they gave the ball to the impact player. If Chris Carson was a he was a top five receiver, or excuse me, top five running back this year, was he not, Jesse, as far as yardage and some of the things he was able to do? fifth or sixth. Yeah, he was a top yardage. five, top six guy. You know, why is he only getting 13 carries in this game? You know, that's what you have to look at. Because when you does. can so I do anything. So when I start looking at Pete Carroll and asking questions, those are the questions I'm asking. Like, why are you only giving Chris Carson, who's, who averages, you know, like 20, 20 touches a game? Why are he only getting... I don't understand that part. You know, Rashad Penny, four four touches, you know, on the night, 29 yards. You look at it. I don't want to say it was completely the defense, but I do have to look at P. Carroll at a point and go, you didn't even try to really run the ball. Like, you, went, you kind of went away from what your strength is and uh, went more with the pass. Russell Wilson passed the ball 27 times, which is fine now. Like, there was a point you didn't really want him throwing the ball that many times, but he's established himself as an elite receiver. So you're okay with it. And it worked out for you. You got, you know, got a touchdown out of it at a point, but – I, I'm looking at Pete Carroll going, where, where's, where's the strategy here? Like, what exactly are you doing? Now, I'm, as far as running, you know, outside, a, it, you didn't run. Like, that's my thing. I don't care about which way you went. You didn't run. And that's why, why I'm kind of questioning him today.
2: I don't know. There, there was, I think, two games this season that I didn't either listen to or watch for Seattle since I run the board for it most weeks. And I honestly didn't see anything out of the ordinary. It seemed to me like a standard – Play calling week for for Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. Like they have all season long, um, sprinkled in Mike Davis and Rashad Penny when he's been healthy, and Chris Carson's been the lead guy, but he's been the lead guy, you know, in a committee, and they've just ran it so much that he was able to be a guy that was running it anywhere from sixteen to twenty times in a game. The thing that I that I also thought was Pretty standard in this is you were looking at two teams that like to run the ball, control the clock, right? They don't pass the ball a lot. Um, they do a lot of high percentage plays, which means that clock is rolling a lot of the time. When that happens, you lose possessions in games. When you lose possessions in the game and you're playing from behind, now all of a sudden Seattle's not throw like. Pass or running the ball as much, and they have to pass more. Granted, this is about as many times as they passed in a season. I, Russell Wilson averaged 26 mm-hmm. pass attempts in a, a game this season, so he's one over that average. But they weren't able, the, when you look at how many plays they normally run this season, they were significantly under that margin, um, which skewed it towards more of a passing scheme. The same thing is, this team has played from behind several times this season and has overcome that with late game heroics by Russell Wilson, which he almost did again yesterday. Mm-hmm. But this to me is a microcosm of what we've seen from this team all season long. They 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 just didn't have quite enough like we thought in the beginning of the year. But the thing to me is it's different in the playoffs, right? It might be a microcosm
0: of what you've seen in the regular season and it might it might match what they've done in the regular season, which got them to the playoffs. But if it is so clearly not working, then you better make a change because you're going to be out of the playoffs if you lose the game. It's just that simple to me. I don't want to harp on it because I, I've already said it a couple times. This text, did the Seattle offensive coordinator attend the Marcus Arroyo School of Play calling? Yes. Yes, he did, at least in this game. I do want to give a lot of credit to the Cowboys, though. They were much better than I expected in this game. Ezekiel Elliott, if you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. You feed him. And you have the defense that the Cowboys do, you, can, you, you should be considered a Super Bowl contender, and I hate saying that about teams that aren't the top couple of seeds because it's it's just tough. But if you have a defense like they do and, and you can get Ezekiel Elliott to run the ball 137 yards or 100 yards most games, you can win any game, including against the Rams or the Saints or whoever they're going to wind up playing. And we don't know yet, by the way, who they're playing. So to me, the Cowboys should be considered as a contender to make it to the Super Bowl, if not win the Super Bowl. Uh, I really... Think Amari Cooper's addition to that team has made this Dallas team light years better than they were before mm-hmm. that trade. He has been a shockingly good addition, in my opinion. He had faded completely in Oakland. Some of that had to do with the the play calling and the usage of him there, but in Dallas they use him like a number one, and he seems to catch everything. And he's a huge impact guy, and it forces it's another guy to force the defense to pay attention to because outside of him, they don't really have a lot uh, on offense in terms of receiving that's much of a threat so the fact that they can have one main guy and the rest of them still contribute that's pretty cool
1: no yeah that's 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 definitely cool and you know Dak Prescott the great thing for him is I kind of liken him to to really Brady and really Russell Wilson I can I can kind of say the same thing uh Russell Wilson you know as far as a quarterback is is much further ahead than Dak Prescott is, but in the sense that when they first came into the league, like they kind of – or Brady first came into the league, he depended on his defense. He had a great defense around him with a lot of great defensive personnel. You know, his offense was, yeah, you know, at best. If you look at Brady's numbers at the beginning of his career, they were very, you know, game-managing Joe Flacco-type numbers. It wasn't until about 2006 or 2007 to where he just took off and as, as a quarterback and you get guys like Randy Moss in there. Man, Dak Prescott has an opportunity just – right now just to learn to be a quarterback at this point and let his defense kind of guide the way much like Russell Wilson let his defense kind of, you know, make things a little bit easier for him while he hit a stride and now without a great defense cuz the defense is good. Let me take that back. Seattle's defense is good. I say not great because the Legion of Boom was awesome. Like that was a almost, you know, you know 86 Bears type, you know, type defense. So that's one of those all-time all-time greats, you know. So When you have that, it's easier for you to go out there and just kind of play your game and try not to make mistakes. Now Russell Wilson is, you know, more of a gunslinger. Again, he's throwing the ball 26, 27 times a game. That's not something you would have saw a few years ago. So give Dak Prescott some time with this defense, with that running back. Man, Dallas could be really, really special.
0: All right, let's break. We'll wrap up this game next and then move on to preview the game that starts in about a half hour It'll be Ravens, Chargers. That's all still to come on Football Sunday. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Welcome back in. To Football Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you until 11 o'clock today. Just wrapping up our thoughts on the Cowboys-Seahawks game. One thing I would have liked to see a little bit more was Russell Wilson use his legs in this game because the big difference at the very end was Dak Prescott, in my opinion. A big rush. He made some big plays with his feet. Not just the one big rush. He made a couple of big plays with his feet where he was able to escape the pocket and and have success to help Dallas get first downs and move down the field. Russell Wilson is also known for that. Hell, he's more known for it than Dak Prescott is, for being able to evade pressure and get first downs with his feet. He had three rushes yesterday. Three.
1: 14 yards.
0: He did get a touchdown, so that that works. But I would have liked to have seen that more, more. I'm not sure if that was him just deciding to be more pocket passer guy or if it was the offense saying, hey, don't run the ball as much. But I would have liked to have seen that more.
1: I mean, yeah, I think in hindsight he would have liked to seen a lot of things go differently for the Seahawks. You know, I, I would would have loved to seen Doug Baldwin get you know a few more uh, targets. You know, but he I mean he had six of them. Caught three of them, 32 yards, and one the the one big play that you know we continue to talk about uh, the catch on the sidelines. He has but,
0: not been the guy this year. though. No, so he, I'm not he he, he, he
1: really hasn't. There. But it's it's unfortunate because there, there's there's nobody else like Tyler Lockett has been. Really good. Really good this year. But is that like a is that like a finally type thing? Like, yes, finally Tyler Lockett is exactly where I think most Seahawks fans kind of figured he would be when they drafted him a few years ago, or was it just a really good year because Russell Wilson is able to produce really good years? You know, I don't think any of us, when we all said it, man, we all can figure the Seahawks would be the worst team in the NFC West. Like, I don't think anybody in this room was like, oh, yeah, the Seahawks are definitely going to be a contender and possibly go back to the. No, I think all of us were – you know, unanimously, like, they're going to be the worst team in this in this division. And, you know, even with all the quote-unquote holes that they have, man, they were still able to make the playoffs. So you just can't take everything away from the Seahawks. Clearly, you're disappointed about not winning your playoff game, but you lost by two points to a football team who is just on fire and has been since, what, week six? Or, excuse me, like week eight, somewhere right around there, and just knew that they really couldn't lose any more games. A team that started three and five you know, and and then they were able to kind of turn it around. So really, if we're being honest, they've been in the playoff hunt since week eight, week nine. You know, they know they can't – they knew they couldn't lose any more games at that point. And, you know, they went out there and, and did what they kind of had to do. So, man, hats off to the Cowboys, but also hats off to the Seahawks because, man, there's one thing to rub people's nose in it. And this is this season is kind of rubbing everybody's nose in it. No Legion of Boom. You lost – the the best impact players, you know, on your team. You have one guy that you have, KJ or um uh Bobby Wagner breaks his leg, you know, like was it the first game or the beginning of the season? Some early early in the season?
0: I don't remember. I can't
1: that. remember, you know,
2: early really early in the season. Because he's still playing.
1: Who who's it that broke their leg broke their leg? Was it was it Wagner? Micah Hyde, I think.
2: He he recently he came back from the suspension and immediately broke his leg. I think
1: somebody wanted somebody text the better wide KJ Wright, KJ,
2: KJ Wright Thank made you. the Pro Bowl as an alternate despite the fact that he missed a ton of games this season.
1: Who was it that broke? The, somebody got hurt early for this for the Seahawks season. He was like, like I okay. think KJ
2: only played four games this season. It might be KJ.
1: So but, you know but, you 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 lose all these all these pieces on your defense and yet and still. You're able to to produce. You're able to come up with a run game that you've been looking for since you lost Marshawn Lynch. Oh, Earl Thomas. Earl, thank you so much. I don't know why I'm spacing on this dude. Yeah, Earl Thomas, key, a, a key part of that Legion of Boob defense. Really, a lot of people would say kind of the heart of that defense. And then everything just kind of starts falling apart, and yet and still, you still make the playoffs with all your holes and problems with your team. So, man, th- things can only go up for Seattle if they can continue to kind of keep these guys they have on their squad.
0: Two other notes from this game. Did you see the reaction videos on Twitter of people losing their bet on this game because the Seahawks had to go for two because Janikowski got hurt? The Cowboys were a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and the Seahawks had to go for two because Janikowski got hurt, and they made it. So they only lost by two points, and that swung all the bets in Seattle's favor.
1: And you got to think about this. Let's say Janikowski doesn't get hurt. This is a, this is a team that lost by two points. Field goals were three. So man, maybe having Janikowski on the field, things are a little bit different for you. So you you they went, didn't
0: really get into a situation to kick a you, field you, goal. You you but
1: I mean there's still still times where you you put some trust in your kicker. And now when you have a guy doing drop kicks on the, on the kickoff, like that's. You know, you know that you're not doing very well. I think the kicker is the most underrated part of any team because then you saw
2: yesterday exactly what not having one could probably do. Well, after that game, I immediately texted Lynch and I was like, "Sukes always bagging on those kickers, and then you know, come find out they're pretty dang they're pretty important." Pretty important, you know. Yeah, he you said that need after
0: em. the onside kick fail, whatever that was from Michael Dixon, who, by the way, was first team All Pro punter this year. Yes. the yes. best punter in the NFL. Different
2: type of kicking, <laughs>
0: but I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, think about he. he he dropped the ball in a punt way and tried to have it bounce up. And he, he kicked it like 30 yards down the field to one guy. Guess, what are you doing? Just kick a regular onside kick or think, try at least. I don't know what the hell that was.
1: Think about how many great games we've seen in football just in your lifetime that come down to a field goal. Like very few of them. I mean, very few games that I've seen have just been like blowouts. All oh, this team blew them out by 30 points. A lot of the games that we see are men's three, six point, you know, wins. So kickers are incredibly important especially in the playoffs like if you don't have a good one you know ask who was it was it matt prater a few years ago or who was the who's the guy the, uh, for the vikings that missed the kick against the 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 seahawks to go to the was it the super bowl blair blair, blair, walsh. blair blair walsh yeah ask him you know yeah ask the ducks a few years ago when when they had their young kicker uh miss a few big kicks in a few big games like they're incredibly important you don't think about it until you get in that situation and like damn we don't have a kicker now what
0: and the uh, other final thought on this game the Alan Hearns injury made me want to cry so sad i if you if you missed the game and you're okay with seeing someone's leg literally snap and i'm not i'm not saying that with any exaggeration at all no. you can see his ankle snap in a straight line
1: they they stopped showing it on tv they were they only like yeah, we, we won't show it
0: uh if you're okay with that and you're interested you can find it on twitter If you're not okay with that, do not go watch it. Don't let the curiosity get the better of you because it made me want to vomit.
2: No, that was crazy. I Like, when he was laying on the ground right before they showed the replay going back into the commercial, I remember looking at, like, what's wrong with his foot? Because one foot was pointing one way and the other foot was backwards. It was gnarly, just bad. And that's one of those things, like, you
1: can't help but to feel bad for... Anybody that has this, like whether you're a whether you're a fan of the team, or you completely hate them, like there's always a part of you where you're just like, oh, that's terrible. Like I don't even like the Cowboys, but still, when he was laying on the ground, like my heart went out to him. It's like man, because you never know that that could very well be it. You know, you you're no, you knock on wood when you say something like the that. The report but.
0: from Adam Schefter said that despite how serious it looked, he had surgery to repair the dislocated ankle, and if all if all goes normal. He'll be back next year,
1: you know, so yeah, so start of the season all goes goes normal. But you he also plays receiver, you know, he also plays a position where you have to be incredibly quick on your feet. So who knows how that maybe affects him moving forward. So you really, you know, your heart goes out to a to a guy, you know, when when or to anybody that gets hurt like that in, the, in a game.
0: I just start. I, I was watching it and I'm not one who gets super queasy with those things. And I missed it because I, I watched the play. I knew he got hurt. And I saw the first replay. I was watching the replay, but I was looking in the wrong spot. And I was like, how did he, what happened? How did he get hurt? But you heard Joe Buck on the broadcast. He actually recoiled when they showed the clip. I think he said something like, oh, dear Lord. And then they went to break. And I went and found it on Twitter. And I actually rotated my own ankle to make sure it was okay. <laughs> I was like, is mine still attached? Am I doing okay? You know, they even tweeted that, and I had like five people say, oh, I just did the same thing because it was such a gruesome looking injury. Yeah, I, it was. I it had was, to make sure my foot was still
1: there. It, it was bad. And so, you know, especially in the playoffs, especially if you're if you're Dallas at that point, who, you know, you mentioned earlier, they don't have like a, a bevy of, of great wide receivers. So you definitely don't want to see a guy like Alan Hearns go down. So. Uh, hopefully has a speedy recovery Uh, this this team could definitely use somebody like Alan Hearns but yeah that's a that's a tough break but I guess they you know Dak Prescott went out there and got the job done for his teammate all
0: right let's break and coming up next we've got uh, a preview of the Ravens Chargers game which starts at 10 this is football Sunday on the fan Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. It is 946 here on your Sunday morning. wrapping up the first hour of the show today. Thanks for listening so far. Thanks for texting on the Better You Today text line at 55305. Let's move on to preview the game. That's starting here in 15 minutes on uh, what channel is this? CBS? Yeah, CBS. Here in 15 minutes, we've got the Chargers. And the Ravens. Now, a lot of people think this game is going to be really good. A lot of people are really high on this game. I understand why. I'm just having a really tough time telling myself that Lamar Jackson can do it. I'm having a really, really tough time telling myself that Lamar Jackson is good enough and that style of offense is good enough. To make it work in the playoffs against the Chargers team that they've already seen a couple weeks ago, so that's my biggest thing where I think this could just be a complete blowout to Smithereens, where the Chargers win like forty-two to fourteen. Now maybe not that high because the Ravens defense is very good, but I just I I don't trust Lamar Jackson. I need to see him throw a football down the field accurately before I can trust him because all he does is run and make bad passes. He runs well and the Ravens have been playing really well with him because he kind of sparked him a little bit, but I I just don't understand how, how I can trust that.
1: Well, the last time that these two teams got together, uh, the chargers lost 22, 10 to these Baltimore Ravens. So I don't, and that's with Lamar Jackson, like you said, not really throwing the ball down the field, you know, just being the quote unquote game manager uh, that he is. But, even still, in that game, Lamar Jackson had 204 yards and a touchdown. So while he wasn't, you know, throwing 40-yard bombs down the field, uh, he was able to kind of get it down the field. But then also he had, you know, 30, 39 yards on the ground. So he's somebody that can definitely give you an issue because I don't know if that's something that uh, the Chargers are necessarily ready for, a guy that's just as, as athletic as Lamar Jackson and can take off and, and use his legs. now.
0: But they played each other. no wasn't it week 17 or week 16 no yeah
1: week 16 and and like i said the the ravens kind kind of made the the chargers look look bad we we came back the next week and we're saying well what's wrong with the chargers we're not we weren't saying man look at those ravens and look at the job that they were able to do defensively we already know about how how great and stingy of a defense that the ravens have and only allowing uh believe it's 13 points a game you know so they make sure that teams don't score and they allow 10 points on a guy in Phillip Rivers, who a lot of people feel like should be in the conversation for MVP this year. So this Ravens team is for this defense team, or defense team, this defense on this team is legit. And I think that's where you have to start. We've seen a lot of teams win the Super Bowl that have just had an okay quarterback. You know, we kind of, and a lot of teams that have made it to the, made it to the Super Bowl, they just had a, above average, and sometimes below average quarterback, Brad Johnson, Trent Dilfer, um, i'm trying to think of 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 more guys and i'm sure i can Uh oh, what's we're here like uh sexy sexy rexy you know there are certain guys that that get to Thank the <laughs> that get to the to yeah. the super bowl that man are not great quarterbacks but their their defense is able to kind of carry them peyton manning when he couldn't feel his fingers you know the, the last year you know he was benched for brock osweiler and and still he was able to kind of lead his team all the way to the super bowl you know on the the shoulders of a great defense so i think lamar jackson is an awesome position much like we just talked about with dak prescott you have a defense that's ready right now so all you have to do is go out there and try not to make too many mistakes
0: the that's a great point and the the mantra defense wins championships although slowly changing because a lot of the teams in the playoffs this year were elite offensively is still relevant because we've still seen it happen in, the, in recent times where great defenses have won. And you mentioned the Broncos is a great example recently when Peyton Manning could barely throw the football and they still won the Super Bowl. but the Ravens defense is incredible. It really is. But on the flip side, the Chargers offense is incredible. Yeah. Phillip rivers is playing likely the best season of his career. He's got Melvin Gordon, who is back healthy a and B when healthy this year has been a complete dominant force. You've got, a very strange wide receiver core that doesn't have a lot of talent outside of Keenan Allen. Maybe I shouldn't say a lot of talent doesn't have a lot of experience outside of Keenan Allen, but yet they make it work on most games. Antonio Gates is still plugging along there. They almost got Hunter Henry back today, but he just wasn't fully ready yet. He might actually, if they win this game, be back for the second round of the playoffs, which would be a big boost for them as well. And the chargers defense is no slouch either. They've played much better than I expected them to play this year. And, for me, because the Ravens beat the Chargers in the last game that they played, it was a three-point game. I expect a much better game plan for the Chargers against this Ravens defense, and with Melvin Gordon healthy, I also expect him to be a a much bigger impact player as well. To on the flip side, I just think the Chargers have way more balance, and I mean, what what are they like? A, what was their record this year? Ten and four, 12 and four. I mean, yeah. So because they're in the wildcard game, because the Chiefs were better than them, they're a better team. They're a much better team than the
1: Ravens. So, um, I mean, offensively, yes. I think they're a much better team than the Ravens. I think they have more offensively to give you. Um, you, you the Keenan Allen, you, you can just start there. He's having a great season, over 1,000 yards this year. But Melvin Gordon is going to be what really does it for this Chargers team. If they're able to really get him and he's able to really make moves against this defense, I think the Chargers have, have, will have no problem winning. But... Melvin Gordon and the run game are going to be incredibly important. If you leave it up to the pass against this Ravens team, I think you lose. That's if you're if you're a Chargers fan, you're going to lose this game if you're just going to try to throw the ball on, on this team because they're incredibly stingy. If you try to run the ball, if you have a balanced a balanced attack, and that's going to start with Melvin Gordon getting multiple touches. You can't have a Chris Carson situation from yesterday to where your best your running back is only getting 13 carries and the other team's running back is getting – over 24 25 like that can't happen if you plan to win this game so philip rivers has to play I-, I can't remember the last time he was in the playoffs like i'm, I'm trying to it was a couple years it's ago. a few years ago so he needs this because how much longer does philip rivers really have in this
0: league? oh not much more you know he's Getting i mean he's
1: old. in he's in that same class of eli and big ben and we've been talking about eli and big ben retiring for the last little bit even though ben roethlisberger you know led the nfl and passing yards this year but it's it's about that time these guys are getting older and I mean I don't really know how much more Philip Rivers can actually do like you said his best year of his career uh thus far but man it's going to be up to this defense and and Joey Bosa and company to really take some pressure off of him the way the Baltimore defense is doing for Jackson
0: the uh the big thing here for me and I am I apologize for getting this wrong it wasn't a three-point game I don't know why I thought it was Ravens won 22 to 10 over the Chargers in week 16. And Melvin Gordon was back, but I think that was his first game back from his injury in week 16 as well. But in that game, Phillip rivers, 23 of 37, 181 yards, no touchdowns, two picks. And the running game only had 51 total yards. They didn't have Austin Eckler, who I believe is back today, um, or at least is trending towards being back in the game today. But that's obviously not going to cut it. If that's what you're doing offensively for the chargers. And some part of me in the back of my head is going the chargers always charger it in the playoffs they always do
1: we're waiting for the other shooter drop this we're, we're
0: waiting for it but yet this this almost at san diego this la team nope i'm gonna say it the san diego team there you feels go man that's it's
1: not that listen okay i get it they moved to la they're the la chargers now no they're not it's the rose garden you know, I'm just I'm just not gonna start saying something different because right. it's, it's still gonna be safe. It's gonna be, Safeco, it's gonna not be Safeco Park. What the hell is T-Mobile Park, man? Like well, now no, it's all pink. Safeco, man, is what it's called. this colors don't even go. Like it's the it's the weirdest thing. Either way, they're the San Diego Chargers, and all of a sudden the Chargers are finally at the point to where San Diego fans wanted them to be. And oh, well, I gotta root for you, you know, from from SoCal or from that's that sucks
0: san diego superchargers that's what it's always gonna be yeah and i don't even like the chargers but i
1: how do you even say that for los angeles
0: uh well, los angeles i don't like it already superchargers don't like it already or el angeles nope that's too many syllables already yeah it doesn't work no it doesn't it's work. not the same um but th- this is something that that team always does. They always charge it in some way, shape, or form. Now, it doesn't feel like it's the same team this year. It doesn't feel like they're going to do it this year. But yet, in the back of my head, in a game like this where I think they should be clear favorites, they I feel like there's still something that's going to happen.
1: Well, they you know, they were at home for the last game that they
0: played. It is an even spread, by the way, so they're not clear favorites. But in my mind, they're clear favorites.
1: No, yeah. I, th- I think most of us think that they should, you know, win this game. But, you know, they... Went down there once before, um and uh it didn't work out well for him. You know, if you're if you're San Diego, so excuse me. So now you got me doing it. If you're the Chargers, so we'll see what happens today. You
0: can say San Diego; it's okay. They are
1: San Diego, and I'm just gonna you know they're be gonna free, be free. Rashad say the Chargers win the day. There's gonna be a lot of new LA Chargers fans.
0: Nah, eh, absolutely. Are there really? Uh, man, listen, winning changes everything. The Rams are still in the playoffs. There's so you so know all now the you're LA gonna have football fans or Rams fans right now hmm. because a. The Chargers are in a 25,000 seed state. But I'm saying,
1: but now there's two games to go to. Now there's two playoff games to go to. And now, just to be the contrarian, I'm gonna like the Chargers. Just like if people, just like, just like Clippers fans, I don't like the Lakers. I'm gonna like the, the Clippers. Like, why would you do that to yourself? Like, why wouldn't you want to watch the good team? I'm gonna go watch the Nets, or I guess the Knicks are the same thing. But you know, it's just kind of one Nets of those fan things growing up. Don't you? I
0: mean, well, the Nets were, were at least competitive. They were they were, they
1: were they much other better. Other and time. Yeah, and they were much better than the Knicks were. You know, at that
0: point. So I understand. And they were in New Jersey, which was my home state. Yes, so that makes total sense. A little easier, but hey, lay off the nuts a little bit. I know they suck right now, but they were fun back They're then. They're awful. I love the Jason Kidd, Kerry Kittles, Keith Van Horn, Kenyon Martin years. Keith Van Horn is my guy. The, the, the so high socks, mm. absolutely, man. Sam Cassell was on those teams. Yeah, man. had some good teams. Made the finals tears in a row. Got slaughtered tears in a row. All right, let's break. Coming up next hour. We'll keep you apprised of what's happening in this game, but we have to recap the Colts-Texans game from yesterday as well as preview the second game of the day today, Bears and Eagles, and, of course, we'll have Hader Lovett at 1030. So, that basically, the hour's done. We just got to do it. Yeah. It's all prepared for us already. Here we go. Let's get to that next. This is Football Sunday of the Fan.